If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And I am your host, Todd Huff. Email as always. Well, at least since we changed our email back a year or two ago, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show, where we're streaming hour number one. Live now. Good morning for those of you watching on Facebook. Good morning to those of you listening. Um, no matter where you're listening, Freedom 95 in Indianapolis, Utah's Talk Authority 5:40 a.m. in Utah. Of course, podcasters and folks listening online. Good to be here. Thanks for joining us. So, I want to share off the top here. I have a have an interview that I want to share with you, a conversation I had with Dr. David Samadhi. He is the director of men's health at St. Francis Hospital in New York, actually Long Island. And um, we talk with him about hydroxychloroquine. We talk with him about um, COVID in general. And... Look, there's a lot of developments happening out there that are um, you look we're, we're working our way through this getting back getting back to normal here, so to speak. Of course, we always have to be vigilant and aware and keep an eye out on protecting against the second wave and I talk with Dr. Samadi about that. He has uh, some things to say about that that may. I don't know, may surprise you. So, but we're working uh, working our way through this with COVID. And so I thought it would be a good thing to have Dr. Samadhi on. You may have seen Dr. Samadhi on Fox News um, and other places. He's a contributor at Newsmax as well. So it was a pleasure to have Dr. Samadhi on. And we'll, we'll share that. We'll share that here again as we do these interviews. They're a little bit longer. I like to have folks on for longer periods of time. So this um, this first segment will be shorter so that we can get to so that we can get to all of these um, get get all the interview in. So I guess off the top, we'll talk really briefly, not because I don't think this is important, but just because of the format here. Um, I want to talk about this uh, George Floyd situation, the death of George Floyd in 
Minneapolis, Minnesota, and the ensuing violence um, that has transpired. Trump, of course, is calling for an FBI investigation into what happened. The police department has fired four officers. Um, but, of course, this uh, this George Floyd was detained in Minneapolis by Minneapolis Police Department. And essentially, while in the custody of uh, of law enforcement, they, there was an officer that was, you know, kneeling on the back of, of his neck. And he's seen on video saying that he can't he can't breathe later having uh, he, he falls unconscious, taken to the hospital where he where he later dies. And four officers have since uh, been terminated over this. I think there's, I don't know if there, there, there's still, I think, a lot of questions. This just happened, if I'm not mistaken, Monday evening. Is that right, Oz? Was it Monday evening? I think it was Monday evening. But now these these protests, um, of course, they there, there's protests, but then there's a lot of rioting, too. So a lot of this stuff that's happening now is not merely protesting what happened. This is acts of violence. It's, it's looting. Um, so, you know, I, I, I said to Oz yesterday as we were watching some of this during, during the break uh, of the program, I said, you know, I, I know, you know, obviously protest is, is different from, from the rioting and the looting, I just I don't understand the the thought process. I think uh, you know some folks use the, the the looting has nothing to do with this. You know you can you can protest the police, and and this may be just a, a egregious situation. I'm not uh, again. I'm one that likes to make sure we get information, which unfortunately seems to put me in the minority in a lot of instances because you're supposed to make up your mind in about 0.1 seconds. And usually the way you're supposed to make up your mind is, you know, what is the political affiliation or the identity of the person involved? And then we all uh, decide what we're supposed to do. That's the way I think that the media wants us to do it. Um, and that's just – that's, to me, foolish. Um, we don't – when we don't know information, we should wait until we, we know it. We can be upset. We can ask tough questions. We can be bothered by it, but there, you know, we have to get through the process of, of piecing together the information. And so, anyway, we've got this um, situation that's now spread to other parts of of the country. I've seen. So, and and the looting again. With the looting, it just makes it makes no sense um, to use this opportunity to effectively attack other innocent people in your your neighborhood. In that neighborhood, target a business, bust out its windows, or just, you know, rush the store with so many people nothing can be done and carry out whatever somebody wants. That That's not uh, nearly anything close to a an appropriate response. Of course, of course, protesting and expressing anger, asking difficult questions, demanding justice be served, those are all acceptable and good things but 
too often this turns into this. And I know some folks think that this is the way to do this. I saw a tweet from, I think it was, uh, well, it was, it was Ice Cube, I think, basically saying, when are, when are black Americans, I'll, I'll pull the tweet exactly, but when are they going to respond with the, I don't know the exact, I should wait till I, till I read it, but it was a disturbing tweet. So we'll say that. But anyway, so um, I want to take a timeout. I'm going to take a time out here early in the program. I want to share my conversation with Dr. Samadhi because I do believe that, um, you know, we're, we're still we're still having a battle over things pertaining to COVID-19, hydroxychloroquine, um, all these sorts of things. They're all out there. Plus, we get a perspective from New York City from a um, a medical doctor. Again, he's the director of men's health at uh, St. Francis Hospital in New York. I believe it's on Long Island. And I think his office, as he said, or maybe even in Manhattan. So this perspective and what he has to say about this certainly has has value. And I want to share that with you because there's a, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of information that's, that's rooted in sometimes not even half-truths. It's just, you know, people hate, for example, hydroxychloroquine because Trump supported it. Um, and that's that's enough for them. Meanwhile, we you know it could be it could be a life saving treatment for some people, maybe even a lot of people. Still piecing this together, but anyway. That being said, I have to take a time out. We'll get back and talk with Doctor Samadhi, and um, we'll do that here after the break. So sit tight. You're listening to Conservative, not Bitter Talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I want to get to this conversation with Dr. Samadhi and I want to share this with you again. It's a two-part interview as most of ours, most of our interviews are. So with no further ado, let's share this conversation with Dr. Samadhi. I hope you enjoy. Getting back to our conversation here with Dr. Samadhi, Director of course, I messed that up. Bear with me. That was the wrong segment. Let's try it this way, folks. Let's try it. Here we go, Dr. Samadhi. Well, I am with Dr. Samadhi, Director of Men's Health at St. Francis Hospital in New York. He's also a Newsmax contributor. He's here to talk a little bit about COVID-19 today and specifically hydroxychloroquine. Dr. Samadhi, welcome to the program. How are you today, sir? Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure, and look, there's a lot of um, a lot of things going on out there pertaining to COVID, and specifically to hydroxy hydroxychloroquine. As you well know, uh, President Trump had shared that he had been taking uh, the drug hydroxychloroquine. Uh, I'd like to just kind of know your thoughts about that because uh, he's taken a lot of criticism and so forth for for saying that. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts on hydroxychloroquine and the president's having taken that drug? Well, number one, this medication has been um, around for many decades. It's been approved by FDA, and millions of people have taken this medication. And uh, the safety and efficacy of this medication already is proven, so we don't need to address that. Um, And I think one of the recent publications by Lancet 
that came and said there are many side effects is very disappointing because this is an observational study that was published recently. Why it got published is beyond me because it's really a terrible study with a lot of bias in it. And in observational study, you cannot say anything about the cause and effect. And yet, they're making all these headline conclusions that this medication is not safe and can cause cardiac issues. And the mainstream media runs with it, which is very dangerous. On top of that, the World Health Organization that's supposed to watch out for us because of all the fundings that we give them and the rest of the world, they stopped all of their clinical trials based on this average study, which doesn't make any sense. You would think that they want to get the answers and they would ramp up and they would do much better studies than this, but in, 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 in reality, they're going in reverse. doesn't make sense. So I think that this medication works well when it's given early on before the inflammation kicks in. Um, it should be a discussion between the doctor and the patient, uh, obviously for the president at the time when the two staffers came up with this positive result and his closest friend died from this and the prime minister of uh, England that's very close to him also got affected by this. The risk and benefit was uh, judged between him and his doctor and they decided this was the right thing to do for him and that's his right and the government and, and the doctor. So, um, I, and I think that's what should happen and the way it should be. You should be able to talk to your doctor and see if this is the right medication for you or not. Mm -hmm. well, I want to talk about the, the safety of this drug because I've, again, I'm not obviously a doctor, but I've, I've looked into this. This was approved by the FDA back in like 1955 or something, right? It's been, it's been used for correct. decades. Many decades, correct. So for the, the average lay person, I mean, we're sitting here and, and I'm, I'm reading this and I'm, you know, hearing the things that are said about hydroxychloroquine and I find myself asking okay if if it's the if it's the same drug that we're using for other things like rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or malaria or whatever this else this drug is used for um, is there any other medical reason why treating it <laughs> using it to treat covid would cause it to have other side effects that just doesn't seem to make sense to me is is there anything that i'm missing that would make that more well the only thing that i can add to that is that a lot of the studies that was done that shows that this doesn't work is because they gave this medication very late in the game this is when already the inflammation and the virus load is so much and has taken over the the body that kitchen would not work, many other medications won't work. Mm -hmm. So the key is whether you want to use remdesivir or you want to use ivermectin or some antiviral medication or there are some studies about like even some HIV medications that may be effective. Now we're seeing that in my field of prostate cancer, even some uh, prostate cancer medication may even affect this. So there's a lot of study that's going on, and whether it's hydroxychloroquine, the bottom line is these medications, if they work, and we need more study to prove this, is that they work early on and at the early stage before the stuff to get really messy and the disease will take over the body. Once you get to a point where you are really, you, the lungs are scarred down, there's pneumonia, there's viral load all over, and, and they're getting close to being on a ventilator, it's very, very difficult to reverse the course. And so um, that's true, that millions of people use this for lupus and arthritis and other things. And if there were cardiac issues and it was killing people, then why the hell do we have this for all these years mm -hmm. and we haven't seen that? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and there's a difference between the, a drug being dangerous, causing people to die, and a drug simply not working for whatever reason. Those two things have also, I think, in the news reporting, have gotten kind of convoluted and mixed together. So do you sense that I, – I sense this, and I don't want to necessarily pull you necessarily into the political fray specifically here, but feel free to comment. I, I almost sense that since Trump has said hydroxychloroquine um, had a promising – you know. Uh, showed promise that they were not going to let this drug this this drug right. work i mean do you sense yeah. that yeah it's unfortunate that this is being politicized because i think the goal of all of us as physicians and also president trump as a leader of the country and everyone is to save american lives and uh, again i'm not promoting this medication you know That's it doesn't right. matter what medication as long as it's saving lives that's all that matters. But unfortunately, the main street media, they run with this. And I said in one of the shows that if President Trump wants to get hydroxychloroquine out there, he should say that this is a terrible medication, <laughs> doesn't work, and then they're going to run with it. <laughs> That's so right. I, I don't want to get into the politics of it as much as the medical aspect of this. And this is a pandemic. This is like, like we need to behave as one nation, not left and right, not, you know, us. Uh, against each other. That's right. Uh, many lives have been affected. Millions of people have lost their jobs. Uh, we have enemies breathing all over our, our country, from China to other places. And we, this is the time that we need to come together exactly like it was in 9-11 when we were hit hard. We're under attack right now. And this virus could have been completely controlled without becoming like a big global pandemic. And there's a lot of lesson learned from this. But for the time being, we need to stop politicizing this stuff because people are dying, not only from COVID, but they're dying from suicide, from depression, for losing their life-saving. And there's a lot more at stake than just hydroxychloroquine and mm -hmm. these games. And these one sometimes wonder, like, you know, you watch some of these uh, uh, questioning during a task force, and the kind of questions they throw at them is so childish and ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, you know, as a physician, I can tell you that we should stick to medicine. Some of this uh, data and evidence that's coming against or for hydroxy, these are not good studies. And I'm very disappointed that World Health Organization is not running better clinical trials to give us the kind of answers or other scientists that we get the answers that we're finally looking for. Okay. Well, Dr. Samadhi, I want to I take a break here. We'll come back and continue this discussion. I want to ask you, you, you hit on... Um, some of the lessons I'd like to maybe when we get back, have you share with from this uh, pandemic are, I'd like to talk about you're in New York. Um, I'd like to talk about the situation there and just kind of uh, talk about COVID in general when we get back. But I'm with Dr. Samadhi, director of men's health, St. Francis hospital, New York, also a contributor at Newsmax. Continue our conversation with him in just a minute. Welcome back. So, hope you are enjoying our conversation with Dr. Samadhi. Again, I think this is appropriate. I think this is uh, timely with what's uh, going on. Of course, there's different you know states in different places, states having different reactions. Governors in predominantly blue states 
Democrat states out of control with some of their rules, stipulations, edicts by governors and so forth. And so I wanted to to have Dr. Samadhi kind of shed some light on the medical side of this, which again, two sides of the same coin. We've got the medical side, the economic side. And as he uh, as he's pointed out and, and we'll talk about in the program, there are uh, concerns medically or health-wise on both. We had these doctors, uh, 600 doctors, who wrote a letter uh, to President Trump saying it was time to reopen and that the long-term health consequences or even the, uh, the, the short-term health consequences are very bad for certain groups of people who are facing struggles created by these conditions and so forth. So we'll get back to that in a minute. But again, I want to... So we'll get to next hour. I just want to make sure that I tell those of you um, who are listening now the next hour, which you can listen to on YouTube if you're not able to listen to that on uh, radio hour number two live. Um, we'll be jumping over to YouTube, and one of the things we'll be talking about is uh, the situation in um, in Minneapolis with the – uh, with the death of George Floyd, and you know, if you watch, if you watch the the video, I mean, there's lots of there. There's plenty of unanswered questions, but there's also uh, some very disturbing video um, of you know just what transpired, and you know, with with this officer on his neck, he passes out and it isn't you know doing anything but the officer continues um look I'm, I'm i'm all for officer safety but at the same time we have to think is there you know did that need to continue i don't know all sorts of emotions and so forth that come from this it's a tragic situation and uh, we'll talk about it's on schedule i've got to take a time out here we'll come back and share that conversation with dr samadhi you're listening to the response of whatsoever here so um here we go Sorry about that. I think we're able to take a break now. Sorry. Sit tight. Be back in. St. Francis Hospital, New York, also a Newsmax contributor. Before the break, Dr. Samadhi, you mentioned uh, that there's lessons, lessons to be learned uh, through this pandemic. And I'm wondering if you could maybe highlight a couple of those um, lessons that you think we should be learning in our response to this and all of the things that have come from, from COVID-19. Well, the big lesson is that we need to work on our intelligence and make sure that the situation like this doesn't happen again. Presidents after presidents in the past, they have been talking about possibility of pandemic. There are a lot of videos from years ago that they were talking about possibility of this, but nobody really put in the safeguards to block this. And so there's no reason to look back and blame anyone, but for the future, and this is going to happen again, we need to make sure that we protect ourselves. We need to make sure our healthcare system is independent of other countries. We need to American manufacturers and American uh, equipment and technology to be built in this country. 
The concept of, of the fact that 90% of our antibiotics are made in China, this is really scary. This is a national security, and it's really important for us to wake up and roll up our sleeve and, and really get it done here. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think that even though we lost thousands of people, um, we know exactly what this invisible enemy is about. We know that it's going after elderly. We know that it's going after nursing home. We know that it's going after people with comorbidities. Forever, for years and years, when I was on Fox News and now on Newsmax, I talk about how to stay healthy, keep your weight, keep your health, blood pressure, diabetes in order. So that's really the bigger picture, that we just need to make sure that this overeating and the culture of like bigger size food and bigger t- uh, dishes has to go out. Uh, so building up our immune system, and it starts from individual, then goes to our society, and goes to the country. And as, as I told you, as a country, we really need to protect ourselves and our people and our hospitals. What do you think about the numbers that we've been seeing? I know there's some dispute. There's people that say that the numbers are high. Some that say the numbers are low. Some say that the numbers are right. What do you when it comes to COVID nineteen well, infections? Well, the numbers are the numbers. It's very difficult to be looking and see like you know whether or not these are all like mixed bags of patients who died from COVID or died with it. And you know we this is like for someone else to look into it if they want to look into this. Obviously, losing one person is a lot, and their lives and their families are mourning about this. So a heart goes to them. But the bottom line is, you know, the mistakes that was made was we should have instead of keeping our nursing home open and close the schools and the kids, we, need, we should have opened the schools and closed our nursing home. And the biggest mistake was made that, you know, certainly in New York and New Jersey and a few other places, they put positive COVID patients back into the nursing home. And that was like a wildfire because mm-hmm. nursing home, remember, this disease started uh, in a nursing home in America, the first, one of the first few cases. So that was a ground zero. And so if we would have protected that and we would have been smart about this and we had enough beds, whether it was in Javits or other places, we could have seen much lower numbers. Um, And if you take the numbers of New York and New Jersey out of the whole formula, then then it doesn't look so bad. So Mm -hmm. the epicenter was here. And when you compare, for example, people say, well, New York is a dense place, et cetera. So so is Japan. There's a new study that shows that in Japan they did not do much of testing. About 0.2% of the country was tested. They did not do much of social distancing like the way we were doing over here. They don't have a real CDC department in Japan, and yet the number of their mortalities, given the fact that they have one of the oldest population of people in the world, uh, like Italy, nothing happened there. So. They were able to protect their nursing home, et cetera. So there's a lot of lesson learned from from this, and we should not go after blame games, but we could have done a better job on, right. on the East Coast. So we had a I had an elderly an elderly friend who uh, they thought that, that she was uh, she's in a nursing home. They thought that she was uh, they suspected COVID. Her first test came back negative, but yet they still wanted to send her to a COVID unit back at the nursing home and. Yeah. I just it just defies common sense to me, and I you know not being an expert here, but eventually, thanks to a doctor there at the hospital, they readmitted her. She did not have COVID, but she almost certainly would have gotten it um, had had she been sent to the COVID unit. 
And that's the, the beauty of this. You don't have to be an expert to figure this out. You just, a little common sense will go very far in this field. And, uh, you know, that was a big mistake. And the thing is, you know, we, the, the good thing is that the hospitals were not overwhelmed to the point that, you know, we didn't have enough ventilators or mm -hmm. enough beds. Those, those were there. And so this, this should have never happened. And that's something that someone can look into it in the future. So the situation in New York City right now, how would you describe it or compare it to what it was? I think, we, we, you know, it's calm. The streets are open. We need to re reopen America. We need to open up our business safely and soundly and responsibly. People are in New York and certainly the rest of the country. They have responded very well with this social distancing. But also don't forget that, you know, the, the, the kind of hit, we flattened the curve of, of this virus, and now we're flattening the curve of our economy. And the hit that people are taking as a result of losing their life savings, their business, their, their, their mental issues that's coming as a result of this, psychological issues, mm -hmm. the, the hotlines for all of this, anxiety disorders are really like uh, on the rise. And I think it's time to get our people back to work. So I know that there were a group of about 600 doctors that sent a letter saying pretty much that very same thing. I don't know if you Correct. were one of those signers or not, but it sounds like you're in an agreement with, with what those doctors Correct. were saying. Because that's, that's Dr. Samadhi, that's one of the things that I think is aggravating to me is that these uh, it's positioned in the media as the scientists – and the doctors say this, which is everybody lock themselves in their homes and don't go back out again. And everyone who doesn't believe in science is saying just go out. But that's not – I mean you're, you're saying there's a way to, to do this responsibly and still protect lives but also take care of the economy. Maybe, maybe speak to that for a moment. Well, look, you know, it's not all or none. It's not like if we open up the economy, uh, we're going to lose people or if we keep – close in and keeping them in lockdown, then we're going to be fine. This virus is not going to go away. There's no cure for this virus. The vaccine is not going to even help us. And so when I hear people say, like, you know, we need to have to have a vaccine or we need to be able to test millions and millions, 300 million people like uh, at any time, these are crazy statements that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So what's sensible is that we know now how this virus is behaving. We know exactly who he's going after. We know where this virus is targeting. Knowing that and knowing the fact that we know that people under 65, they're not a big target, especially if you're healthy, those people can go back to work. And if you are elderly and you have multiple medical issues, we need to protect you more. But most, most of those guys are not really working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. So... Um, there's a safe way to do this without really causing casualties. And you have to also understand, simple formula. The virus gets in through your nose, your mouth, and your eyes. Those are the three entry ports to your body. And mm -hmm. you're wearing a mask, you're wearing glasses. As long as you don't touch your hands to your face and you don't contaminate yourself, it's extremely difficult to get this virus. So especially with all these lessons about social distancing, remember, like a couple of months ago, nobody knew what the word social distancing meant. Mm -hmm. This is not our norm. We, didn't, we, didn't, no, we don't do this. So um, there are cultural issues with wearing a mask. We have to get used to it. 
um, and we'll see if this is really aerosolized or not. A lot of things that have been put in place was because of panic and hysteria. You know, the, before it was, okay, you can get this from the surface. Now they're saying you don't get, this, get it from the surface. Mm-hmm. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. So I think still it's a good idea to stay safe. It's a good idea to wear your mask, and, and if you have symptoms, get tested. But as long as you stick to good hand wash, hygiene, and wear your mask and don't touch your face, I think we'll be fine. And the other thing is that 90% of the patients that get coronavirus, they recover well, and they're fine. And given those statistics, I think we're ready to reopen our, our country. Are you Are you worried about a second wave that's worse than the first, or is it, I mean, what's your... Good question. Yeah, we wrote an article, actually, if you go and Google David Samadhi Newsmax, I wrote a great article about this, and I said that we are much wiser and more prepared, and even if the second wave will come, it's not going to affect us as much. Our ventilators are in place. We know exactly how to deal with this. Over the next like month or so, we would have more medications that, uh, besides hydroxychloroquine, now we have remdesivir. There's a big talk about like uh, ivermectin, which is a parasitic medications. We've been talking about that. So I think that, you know, number one, with temperature and the summertime, this is not going to be as bad. I think people's hygiene is much better. More, they're more careful. Um, and with all these medications coming in the pipeline and the way we would be able to catch the patient and taking care of them early on, I don't think we're going to see a really bad second wave. Okay. Well, that's that's really encouraging. Last question, and, um, and I appreciate your time very much. What do you of course. The, the WHO, what What do you, I mean, how much blame do you put here? Is Trump dealing with them the right way and withholding funding? I mean, what, what what do you make of all this? I think that, you know, we have turned our back to WHO. They were supposed to be fighting for the world and not favor certain countries. That's why they call them World Health Organization. They should have played a much bigger role in preventing this and finding out what the root cause is. And they're diverting a lot of the information. And I think President Trump sees it and he's reacting to it appropriately. And the fact that they're stopping all of their clinical trials uh, on hydroxychloroquine based on one study that is below average tells you that someone is not just not doing the right thing. Again, I'm not in the politics of it, but medically speaking, I think they could have done a much better job. And uh, And so... You know, uh, the investment that he's putting in WHO uh, can be used in a much better way. Some people say we need to be part of the big group. But as we see from this president, he doesn't need to be he doesn't do things for being popular. He does it for being the right decision. Mm -hmm. That's why he went after China when it wasn't fair. And that's why he's fighting for America. So um, we'll see what the future of WHO and U.S. is going to be. But. We just need to protect our people and, and the Americans. That's the number one priority. Absolutely. Uh, and if they're not going to do it, he's going to pull out. It's very simple. That's exactly right. So I have about a little less than a minute here. You, your specialty is actually in treating prostate cancer. You're in New York City, but you can you have folks from around the country that um, that seek treatment from your hospital. Maybe for those in our in our listening audience, Indianapolis, Utah, wherever they're listening around the sure. the country here, um, if they're having issues or concerns with, with prostate health, um, how can you help them? Sure. We've been very fortunate to get patients from all over the world and all over the country. 
And for any of your listeners, if they have any prostate health issues, urinary issues, elevated PSAs, and especially prostate cancer, they can always call us and we can help them and guide them through the decisions making their treatment. The phone number here is 212-365-5000. It's easy to remember because it's the number of days in a year. 212-365-5000. Or you can go to Prostate Cancer 911 prostatecancer911.com. Send your message, uh, and, and we'll be happy to help you and, uh, you know, save more American lives. It would be my pleasure. Well, Dr. Samadhi, you've given us a lot to think about. You've answered a lot of questions here. I appreciate you taking the time very much. Thank you for joining us today, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That's Dr. Samadhi, Director of Men's Health, St. Francis Hospital in New York, also a contributor at Newsmax. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Dr. Samadhi again, uh, the director of men's health at St. Francis Hospital in New York, talking about hydroxychloroquine, talking about COVID, and I appreciate his time on the program. You know, next hour, as I've said, uh, we'll continue our program on YouTube, hour number two. You can just search uh, a show on YouTube. And uh, join us there. We'll be talking about about George Floyd. And I've, I've just referenced it a couple of times. Um, d- there's definitely disturbing video of this. In fact, I saw during uh, during the break here, Judge Napolitano on Fox News was saying these four officers need to be uh, need to be arrested. I thought he said and charged with with murder. I I don't know. Maybe Oz Oz wasn't sure if that's what he said, but um, based upon <clears throat> excuse me, based upon what he had seen in these video the in the videos, which now include bystanders on the street and also surveillance video from one of the stores there uh, in the streets or on the on the streets of Minneapolis, and so um. It's it's disturbing to say the least, especially the the maybe the first video I guess because the surveillance video wasn't released until later. You could see people pleading with the officers, and and look, I understand that there's a myriad of factors that I don't understand as an officer, and you have to you know maintain safety and all of this. But he didn't seem to be posing any threat, and when you see the entire video, at least what I've Again, I always want to be careful here. That's really, I think, what I'm. I don't like talking about this because I, I, you know, we're we're shown information that I don't know if it's if it's in its entirety. Um, obviously, there's things that are happening that we can't hear, but you know, it didn't appear that there was any resisting of arrest, which is what the original claim was by the officer. So we got all this to to weed through. We're going to talk about that next hour and some other things in the news as well but um, join us over there join us over there um, on youtube where we'll be talking about these things here oh six minutes i think three after the top of the hour so 
That being said, there's the music telling me it's time to wrap up for the day, guys. As always, I appreciate you so much for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.